The Money Show. Small business. So you had a meeting with somebody last week and they looked ready to sign another dotted line and you've been following up with them. They didn't return emails, so you've been phoning and now they're not picking up the phone and you feel like you're being ghosted. You feel like you're being ignored. You feel like you have not got a deal anymore. Pablo Fertides uh, from Auric Business Accelerator on how to solve this problem, please, Pablo. Uh, it's a terrible problem, Bruce, and it's a terrible feeling because, you know, often that meeting that you might have had was alive, you were on fire, they were smiling, they were nodding. As they changed their position in the seat, so did you. They even took notes and everything looked good. And you ended up the meeting saying, well, um, let's take it forward. And they said, fantastic. Give us a few days to think about it. And that's the last you hear of them. And that sense of being ghosted is happening more and more and more and more. And there are a couple of reasons for it, Bruce. Firstly, there's a lot more competition out there. But secondly, the way we mostly sell has not kept up with the way that people buy. And people have always bought the same way. So we should know it by now because I was looking at a a video of our species. We more or less have been functioning like this for about 40,000 years. And the way that we function is we buy firstly through emotion and then justify in logic. When we sell, we are still harking back to a time, and I think it was in 1771, 1772, that Ralph Waldo Emerson, an American essayist, turned around and said, if you build a better mousetrap, you'll beat a path to your door. The world will beat a path to your door. And that is to say, if you have a good product, then surely it's game over. And the way that we mostly sell is that we talk about our products and we talk about our service offerings. And Bruce, nobody responds to those anymore for the simple fact that there are many other competing products out there equally good, equally able, and equally capable of fulfilling the need of a particular client. Okay, so if it's not about the product, it's then about the emotion and the feeling. So how then do we get to the, the why as to why the people with whom you are in a meeting should be taking your product, offering or service, and, and not Johnny down the roads? Well, look, the first thing you've got to do is separate yourself from your business. You know, the problem with any business owner out there any entrepreneur out there, is that they are optimistic, they're passionate, and they have, as a result of that, a completely skewed bias towards what it is that they do. And remember, we've spoken about unconscious biases, the propensity to look for signals that support your desire, your position, the propensity, it's called a confirmation bias, where you are looking for the signals that say, yes, this client's interested, this client's happy. And you've got to turn on and say, I know what I need to achieve in my business. I need to put income on the table. Hopefully over time I can build a business that I can sell and make it a wealth-creating asset for my family and leave a legacy. On the other hand, the business doesn't care about all those elements. If you think of a business as something separate from you, There's only one reason that a business exists, and that's to solve problems through a good experience. 
So the first issue, separate yourself from the business. The next issue, there's no business out there that can universally solve everyone's problems through a great experience. And the only businesses that function out there that everybody has to tolerate are really monopolies. And none of us have the privilege and benefit of a monopoly. So for that business to exist and to have a life of its own and to have meaning, you've got to turn around and say, but I've got a good product. I have the ability to construct a good service offering that could solve problems for many different types of people out there. But let me make a hard choice and decide on a narrow group of people that I can learn to understand. Because if instead of pushing products, instead of seeing my business as a business that has a product or a service, I see my business as an organism, a system that is expert at serving the problem set of a well-defined group of customers through a great experience, you have just gone and set yourself apart from the two, three, 15, 20,000 competitors you have out there who are doing something very similar to you. So once you've got the why, you're, you're, you're doing it. Um, you know, and it's, you, you always talk about you know, buying emotionally and justifying logically and getting the, 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 and solving the problem for the customer and saying to the customer, you no longer have to worry about this. I am the person who is going to solve your problem. You better be able to do it once you've made that promise, of course, because otherwise they'll never talk to you again. Um, but yeah, emotion is an under, and is an under understood and not understood <laughs> um, part of the sales process. And the the sense of security, the sense of safety that your, 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 your client must have in you to do better than one of the five, ten other options that they might have. But Bruce, it goes even beyond that because the way that you get that sense that you've just spoken about, which is absolutely essential to clinch the deal, is that customer has to find a strong connection and identity with you. If, if you, for example, so for example, let's make this very, very practical. Let's say your geezer bursts in your home. Now, the person with the capability, the technical expertise to solve that problem is called a plumber. And there are tens of thousands of plumbers out there. So when you meet plumber A and when you meet plumber B, the first thing they will both tell you is that they have the technical expertise to fix your burst geezer. And they might even show you a certificate saying, here it is, I'm a qualified plumber and I'm a registered plumber. Great, now what? What is the defining difference between the two of them? Some people argue it's price. And actually, it's not. But one plumber turns on and says, Bruce, well, look, I'll get my team over right now. They arrive in a broken up bucky. The team come out the bucky and the team aren't wearing uniforms. They've got big boots on. They've got a bashed up old ladder and they've got some tools and monkey wrenches and they start traipsing through your home. That experience in its own right is a terrible experience compared to the other plumber who says, well, Bruce, what we will do is enter into your roof where the geezer is 
by removing the tiles so we don't have to walk through your home. Already, there's an understanding that that second plumber has of you and your tolerance for disruption in the home and damage to the internal workings of the home. That is the first element to get right. So the experience that you're putting forward is going to be enormously valuable. But here's the thing. When you extract the problem of the customer that you believe you can solve, you mustn't jump right into solving it for them by saying we can get it sorted. Because if they have an express problem, you must dig further and ask how did the problem come about? The whole idea here, Bruce, is to move them away from an intellectual definition of their problem and take them into an emotional lived reality of how that problem appeared for them. And if the problem appeared because uh, there had been waterworks in the neighborhood and the pipes had been switched on and off and on and off, get that language from them. Take them back into the journey that starts to involve them in the lived experience of how that problem came about because you're effectively moving them away from a line of logic and evaluation into a place of experience and emotion. And once they are in that place, say, how did it make you feel when that geezer burst? And in that moment, when that emotion is expressed, you link your ability to solve it technically with the emotional outcome of it being solved. And that's how you distinguish yourself and leave an indelible memory of your experience with that customer as opposed to the others who quickly turn around and said, here's my certificate, I can fix your geezer. It's not about the geezer. I mean, you know, as you say, a thousand people in... Yeah, I say I say the yellow pages, but I fear it may date me. Um, you know, in 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 the plumbers' pages, can do the job. I mean, everyone can do the job if you're a plumber. That's one of the basics. It's the sort of the, the the meat and potatoes of the plumbing business, geezers. But yeah, how do they make you feel? How do they do the job? And uh, what is the the damage afterwards? Pablo Fatidis, as always, incredibly valuable. Thank you, the founder of Auric Business Accelerator. How to seal the deal? Stand out from the competition in a way that makes your customer want to use your product or service. Something I'm seeing a lot on social media, and it's wonderful. People are hustling and starting uh, enterprises and starting businesses. But people are posting pictures of their chickens or their pumpkins and saying, please support me. And I get where they're coming from. They're frightened. They're terrified. They are, and say, that's Pablo what we need to do maybe next time. Uh, This notion of, I I don't need to support you. There are 10,000 people who do what you do. Tell me why I should buy your product or your service. Tell me why yours is better than the other 10,000s. Don't just come asking for my support. Start telling me why yours is worth buying the benefit to me as the customer. And then we may have a deal.